We're going to talk about essential this morning. Essential. The things that are all important, right? Things that are critical. Things that are necessary. Things that are vital. Uh, Would you believe that we're in the day and age where toilet paper is the most essential thing going? Uh, That's a little crazy. Who would ever thought? But it makes for great memes, uh, great jokes, all that. Um, but it's funny that it's at the top of the list. But uh, as of late, we've seen the title of essential placed on companies, businesses, trades, people uh, by our governing authorities. Um, I've even I, I, I give myself to uh, listen to uh, Dave Ramsey almost on a daily basis, just checking out his talk show and. And he's had to remind quite a few people of what's essential. Um, I know that this current situation that we're in uh, on a global scale uh, with the COVID-19 virus, um, I know it affects people in a lot of different ways, and with, it goes without saying, but economically it's, uh, it's devastating, I know, to a lot of people. Uh, but he, you know, going back to Dave Ramsey, reminding people who are in those uh, tight financial situations, those essential things like, uh, okay, well, we want you to take care of your, 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 your home, your mortgage, your utilities, your food, uh, your transportation, and your clothes. I have always been a little, take with a grain of salt, the clothes thing based on the closets at my house. I don't think we have an issue there. Uh, if anybody needs clothes, you can come to my house and we'll probably have some for you. Um, but what have we learned, what have you learned uh, that is essential in your own life in this time of, of crisis? Uh, have you learned that, you know what, maybe an emergency fund isn't such a bad idea? Or maybe stocking up on household goods. Uh, you know, I, I hate to keep referencing toilet paper, but uh, you know, you know those goods that you go to the store and the, the, the shelves are bare, right? Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe that's uh, things that you're learning are essential. Um, if you're home more, uh, right now, a lot of you are home more. Um, I, I am blessed uh, to work in an industry, uh, medical device manufacturing, where we are uh, essential um, for the goings-on in the world in that, in that realm. So I'm very grateful and, and blessed to be there. Um, but if you are, are home more, are you taking uh, advantage? I know Pastor Chad sent out a video this week to us um, kind of, uh, kind of asking that same question. Are you taking time to invest in those different things in your life that really matter in your family, uh, in yourself through whatever that looks like? Maybe it's, maybe it's reading more. Uh, maybe it's just fellowshipping more. Maybe it's just, uh, being a family, being close, working on those relationships, sewing in those, um, you know, what should, a child of God, what should we look like in the middle of a crisis or, 
you know, to, not to downplay it, but this is a very strange season, right? What are we supposed to look like um, in, this, in this season that we're in? Are we supposed to, as the body of Christ, are we supposed to look like everybody else? Are we supposed to stand out? Are we supposed to be light in what looks like a very dark time? Um, but essentials, you know, whether it's in the natural, um, it, could, it could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But uh, it's something that just kind of dropped in my spirit the other day, that word essential. That's typically how the Lord drops it in me in the shower. But uh, maybe it's just because I'm quiet and at rest. And, but... Um, but it means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And, and whatever that means for you, uh, pay attention. And um, don't just take this time lightly again if, it, if you're finding yourself at home. And I know for Michiganders, we're supposed to be at home for the most part. Uh, locked in, locked down, whatever. Um, but uh, don't let this time slip away without really reflecting and seeing what is essential in my life. And and. If we face something like this again, I really do believe this too shall pass and pass very quickly. That's my uh, take on it. Um, but I really, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity to think, now if we face something like this in the future, what do I want my life to look like? I mean, there's a lot of fear and panic that goes without saying. But today we're going to look at something, uh, the essentials, some spiritual essentials, if you will. And... Uh, and I know you all know this stuff, but we're going we're gonna to look at some stuff, all right? All right. I don't know whose hands those are, but that's a good nail job right there. Uh, a crisis will reveal what's already inside of you, right? Like a sponge, like a sponge full of something under pressure, that sponge under pressure will reveal what's in it, right? Crisis is no different. Um, I've heard this also uh, attributed to money. People who come into lots of money, say a lottery winner, well, it exposes, it amplifies who they really are in their heart. You'll find out right away who they are. And, and statistics say that um, a lot of those people, the vast majority, are bankrupt or go under in no time at all because it exposes who they are and how they are with money, how they see money. Marriage is another thing, right? It exposes who you are uh, right away, whether it's how selfish we are, uh, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and I've actually uh, found um, through the years uh, even the loss of loved ones, especially close loved ones, um, that can expose the hearts of a variety of people uh, and families and, and, and things that are very surprising. Uh, a lot of, most of the time, it's in a negative context, right? Uh, but there's a lot of things in life that are revealers of our heart. And, uh, you know, have, have, has anybody been shocked by people in your own life and how they're reacting or responding to this current crisis? Um, I have. Um, 
just a friend, uh, came up to me one day and at work, and this guy is a really, really sharp dude, and uh, really we really get along well together, and and uh, always joking. We have a, a real similar uh, sense of humor, and um, just a, just an enjoyable person to be around, and. And one day this week, I uh, walked up and, and I could tell the look on their face was really different and uh, anxious. And I'm like, whoa, what's, like, what's going on? And uh, he just said, hey, I got a lot of stuff going on in my head. I'm getting all tripped up. Anxiety is overtaken. Um, I got to go. And I mean, it was like out of left field. And I, you know, I'm giving away my naivete. Is that French? Um, but I really, I feel stupid for saying this, but I didn't realize that it might have something to do with the current situation in the world. I'm like, what's going on with him? And then after a while, I'm like, oh, I thought, I thought I'll bet that he's been feeding on, because he's listening to stuff all day. I listen to stuff all day at work. But I'll bet he's been feeding on the poison and the fear in the chaos, uh, in this culture, that you know that, and he, you know he's got some different variables. Young, young, young child at home, and and I said, I, I get it, dude. I said, you need to take care of you, just whatever. You know, I'm not his boss, but uh, I, I prayed for him and uh, just let him know that later, and uh, everything. So it's it it really kind of surprised me a little bit, and I'm sure that maybe you've experienced the same thing. Maybe you're the person that. Is surprising you? I don't know. I hope I hope you're not. By the end of this, um, I really hope that you're encouraged in your heart and that uh, you just believe and and receive um, just some reminding and some revelation and uh, and uh, just how God sees us, uh, whether we're in times of crisis or not. These are uh, things we're going to go into. Are I believe essential uh, for the body of Christ, for uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. So. Um, The Bible tells us in the Gospel of Luke how we know what's in our hearts. And I know we've heard this. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Luke 6.45 tells us that, right? So some translations say out of the overflow, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. So whatever's in your heart, we're going to know because it's going to come out of your mouth, right? Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, this is God's word translation, says, guard your heart more than anything else. Essential, right? More than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Remember what you allow to pass through your eye gates and your ear gates goes into your, your heart. And then it will come out of your mouth and manifest in your life, because our words create our world. Our words frame our world. I've heard uh, some ministers say that you are living today, you are experiencing today in your life what you said yesterday. Our words have power. Do you believe that? Our words are powerful. And we become what we behold. We become what we behold. What are we beholding right now? Are we beholding 
uh, CNN? Are we beholding Fox? Are we beholding the goings-on in Facebook? Are we, be go are we beholding Twitter feed, Twitter tweets? Tweets! Are we beholding tweets? Are we beholding disease statistics minute by minute? I know this person, a few people at work that are on top of everything. They know where every case is going on nonstop. And I'm like, I would go nuts. I got enough to think about. But it's, again, it's relative to the person and I'm not putting anybody down. Uh, don't take me uh, the wrong way if you're offended. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's a reveal, a revealing of your heart. But or are we beholding? Are we beholding the truth of our new creation realities? Are we beholding that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ? Are we beholding the truth that by His stripes we were healed? Are we beholding that truth? Are we beholding? The truth that we are the light of the world. Jesus called us that. I think that's true. I know it's true. Because he is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth spoke the truth. And the greater one, are we beholding the truth, the beauty that the greater one, the Holy Spirit, lives in us? Are we beholding that? You really need to understand that, that you become what you behold. And now more than ever, it's a good time to pay attention. We're going to look at Psalm 127.2 here. It says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. That word sorrows is, means painful toil in body or mind. And it's from another word, meaning worry, pain, anger, or grieve. So it is vain to stay up and to eat the bread of sorrows, this psalm tells us. Right now, the world is offering us a buffet, a smorgasbord of fear and panic and hopelessness and dread. Would you agree? I hope you're not eating it. Are you feeding on this poison. I mean, it's, it's real. It's out there. My mom told me years ago uh, when I was young, I don't know how young, I don't know what the context of this was, but early on and it stuck with me. She said, do you know why I don't want you to watch scary movies? And not that I was watching scary movies. I might have asked or she might have saw in my face, some interest, and maybe in a commercial or something. I don't know. But she said, you know why we don't, I don't allow you to watch horror movies or whatever? And she said, because God did not give us a spirit of fear. And you're feeding on fear that is from the enemy. For whatever, I was impressionable in a good way, I suppose. But that really stuck with me. And um, I told that to my son kind of the same thing because he you know you got friends they like stuff different stuff whatever and um and uh he wanted to i think watch something that was a little scary i think it was based on a true story or something i'm like i'll tell you what my mom told me and uh one day i come in and he's watching it 
<laughs> I'm like, I looked at it for a few seconds. I'm like, yeah. I, I, no, it's not for me, dude. And uh, lo and behold, this kid slept with the lights on for <laughs> quite a while. But I think you, I think you saw that dad wasn't crazy. But uh, anyway, so God did not give us a spirit of fear. Therefore, um, should we be feeding on fearful things? Obviously not, right? Obviously not. Romans 12, 2. This is out of the message. says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. I know nobody's life is ordinary right now. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. Maybe not going to work. You're walking around and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. And a lot of translations that we're familiar with say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, if you want a transformed life, you have to start by renewing your mind to truth. Because as Joyce Meyer coined it, where the mind goes, the man follows. I've learned that. I know we've, I'll, I'll learn that. Um, let's see what Philippians tells us to feed on. Again, very common scripture. I kind of uh, paraphrased it a little bit, knocked some stuff out, but you get the full gist here. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report. We are lacking a lot of good reports right now, I think, just generally speaking. If there is any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And that's found in Philippians 4.8. And we've heard it illustrated before that meditate means it's the illustrations used of cows chewing the cud, you know, bringing it back up, chewing it over and over, getting all those nutrients out of it. And that's what we're supposed to do with the Word of God. The truths of the Word of God is mull them over, chew on them, meditate on them. Hebrews 4.11 tells us to labor, to enter into rest. Our work, according to John 6, 29, is to believe in Him. This is what Jesus said. Our work is to believe in Him whom God the Father has sent. That's our work, to believe in Jesus. What does that mean? In His finished work, His accomplished work for us. The Passion Translation says, we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life. That is what our life in Christ is supposed to look like. We're to walk by faith, not by sight, and it's supposed to be a rest, resting in the finished work of Jesus. You know, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He is. And sometimes it takes work how do you labor to enter into rest? That doesn't make sense. Well, it takes work to shut the world up a lot of times. 
It takes some effort on our part to choose to shut the world up, to enter into the rest, the finished work of our Lord Jesus. 3 John 2 reveals that it's God's will that we prosper and enjoy health just as our soul prospers. So again, the prosperity that we experience in our life will not exceed the prosperity of our soul, of our mind, our will, and our emotions. That word prosper means a successful journey. God desires our journey in Christ, our life in Christ, to be successful, enjoyable, restful, not anxious, worry, fretting, chaotic, all that stuff, but fully dependent on Him, on His grace, on His mercy. The older I get, the more, I believe Pastor Chad said this also, but the more dependent I find myself on, on the Lord for everything. I, I really see a lot of exposing in my, myself being exposed when I try to take it all on me try to get things in my own strength rather than relying on Holy Spirit in me, God's grace on my life. Even when I'm up here and have the privilege to um, just serve in this capacity, I already know I, I can't do it in my own strength. I've, I've learned that. Um, it's crazy. And when I've refused to be anxious, to be uh, stressed out and pressure and all this crazy stuff, that's when I feel His grace just start flowing. And uh, I really praise God for His patience with me <laughs> learning this. But um, God is good. Um, but He desires you. He desired, desires a prosperous journey for us all. And maybe you're thinking, well, right now everything just sucks. I'm at home with a crazy family? I don't know if you are or not. But, it, you know, all joking aside, it really might suck. It's okay to say suck. I heard that from a pastor. It's, it's, an, it's an acceptable word now in the church. Um, but uh, it does. It, things, when you're taken out of your, I, I get all rattled sometimes just taken out of my daily routine. It's, you know, I have a routine, and if any one of my family members gets in the way of my routine, I have opportunity to miss the mark, if you will. Uh, but no, um, but this is definitely out of our, our daily routine, to say the least. So let's read some great news in Romans 5, Romans 5. I feel like when I read this, I feel like I've never seen this before, but uh, I, I think this is out of the Passion Translation. Correct me if I'm wrong. There is glitter all over my iPad. I was preparing the message in an area my daughter does her nails. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I digress. So, Romans 5, 1 through 2. 1 and 2. We're going to read through verse 5. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and He now declares us flawless in His eyes. Does that tilt your thinking a little bit? God looks at you and said, you're flawless. Flawless. This means we can now 
not later, we can now enjoy true, lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. So it's His finished work, again, that we can rest in. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that was given us that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible burst for what incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Man, that's good just to talk about meditate and you could chew on that for Long time. Weeks, months, years. We're going to continue in Romans 5 here, verse 3. It says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we're here. We have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. Ooh. And patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Wow, I know I said a lot of words there. We read a lot of Scripture. But that is something to really, really meditate on. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. Patience is joyful endurance. Have you ever been in a moment where your patience is tested and you said, I'm about ready to manifest some joyful endurance right now. I'm sure we all do that. <clears throat> but He is our hope. Do you realize that? Hope is, Bible hope is not a wish, as in, I hope this happens, I hope I get this, I hope this doesn't happen. No, that's wishing. Hope is an intense expectation of good. And He is our hope. What Christ in us, the hope of glory. He is our peace. Jesus said, the peace that I give you is not as the world gives. I don't even think they have peace. They have a peace of their mind, maybe. I don't know. But He gave us His peace. He is our rest. You know what? I heard somebody pointed out the, the, the account where Jesus is in the boat and he said, peace be still to that storm. He could do that because peace was in him and he released it out of him. And we have that same peace in us because his nature is in us. All that fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is in us. He is our joy, speaking of fruit of the Spirit, which is what? His joy is our strength. So in the face of adversity, in the face of a crisis, whatever you want to call this situation we're in, this season we're in globally, what if instead of giving into the cultures 
uh, fear and panic and all that stuff. Shut it off. Even You might even have to shut people off. You know, you might offend somebody if they're being a little too negative. But choose wisely what you allow in your ear gates and your eye gates. And instead, start practicing the presence of the Lord. And start cultivating the joy of the Lord in you. Worship Him. Praise Him. If you've got to turn something on, your favorite music, whatever that is. Pastor Chad said this in that video he released this week. And have a praise service in your home. God said he inhabits the praises of his people. He makes a habitation. He makes his home in our praises. I want God to hang out with me. I want him to want to hang out with me. He's already, he, I take him wherever I go. I know that, but I'm like, come on in, chill. Hang out on my couch. Make his presence manifest in my, my home and in your home. But He is our everything. And I hope that, you know, I, I realize there are legitimate reasons out there to be tempted to worry and fret, whether it's finances. Um, you know, I don't know who said this first, but it's like the, 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 the fix for this is, the remedy for this is worse than the actual disease like shutting down the nation, so to speak. Um, on an ec economic level, it's actually doing a, a ton of harm. And I, you know, that's why we, we need to continue to pray for our leaders, um, our governing authorities, that they would have wisdom and, uh, and, and understanding, whether they're believers or not. That's what the Word of God tells us to do, is to pray for those in authority over us, whether you agree with their policies or not. Um, you know, because God is a man of his word and as we lift them up, he will honor his word that we are honoring by putting it into action, by applying it to our life. Amen? In Isaiah 3.10 it says, Say to the righteous that it will go well with them, for they will eat the fruit of their righteous actions. So you bunch of righteous people, whether you're here in this room with me or out there watching live stream, it will go well with you. I'm declaring that over you right now. And I've just spoken of some essential things from laboring to entering into his rest and renewing your mind to see transformation in your life, choosing to think about the things he talks to us to think about in that scripture earlier, things of a good report, things that are lovely, things that are praiseworthy. And again, I know we have a buffet of the opposite available to us on just about any means possible. But let's do the right things in this season. Reflect on, am, am I being light? Am I being salt? Am I fearful? Or am I refusing to fear because the greater one lives in me? And if he is for me, who can be against me? And 
I mentioned this, and it's been mentioned by a variety of people, but Psalm 91, there's a great scripture to meditate on, to remind yourself of God's heart for you. But take time to sow the word in your heart that it would take root. See, the enemy's number one job, his number one goal is to steal the word out of our heart. He does not want it to take root in our heart and to produce a harvest so that others can experience that harvest in their own lives. But shut the fear out, shut the panic out. I don't know what that means. If you've got to delete apps off your phone, if you've got to, I don't know, get away from people that you can get away from that are spewing out negative stuff, I don't know. But let's, med let's meditate on those things of a good report. And I'm speaking out of this stuff, maybe this, I don't know, I'm just aware of people feeding on a lot of junk. And I'm, you're the church, man. I know you know what to do. You know what not to feed on, right? I'm preaching to the choir here. But, um, but we have a choice. And I see other people see something different in me at work. Because there's a lot of craziness. I mean, I get, when the shift change happens, same person comes up all the time and starts giving me the lowdown. I'm like, I, yeah, I just, I'm not rude, but I'm like, all right. I was like, I, I, I'm not participating in this. Uh, but worship team, you guys can, uh, can, can come up if you would. But refuse to participate in this, in the craziness. Um, in closing, I'm going to read something to you. Can we have a little devotional at the end here? How would you like that? Whether you like it or not. <laughs> if you, I guess you could turn me off. Click. Uh, thanks for hanging in there. Uh, but I'd like to read some to you, and I'm going to decree some things over you. I'm going to decree some things over you, and I, all I want you to do is just believe it and receive it, okay? Believe it and receive it, right? So that's what I'm asking. That's your part. Just believe it and receive it, amen? And this won't, this won't take long. So first I'm going to read uh, Scripture, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, out of the New Living Translation. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So when Jesus spoke about us taking his yoke upon us, he was using a term that refers to a harness worn by a set of oxen or plowing animals. He was emphasizing that the pressures and demands of this life can tether us to an unseen harness of sorts that causes us to live every day feeling as if we are just plowing through rather than living. It's like the old saying, surviving, not thriving. What Jesus was saying is that when we live our lives in such a way that we are harnessed to or focused on him, rather than just immersed in all the pressures of life, 
we will find that the heavy burdens life can pile upon us are alleviated. Focus today on the Lord's ability to alleviate these pressures and declare that you are free from every feeling of being burdened down. So I'm going to decree this over you. And again, I want you to believe it and receive it and add your amen to it. Amen? So today, I decree that any form of fear trying to invade your life is bound up in the name of Jesus. I come against all financial fear and say that every monetary need is met this year. I bind all fear regarding your family and your loved ones. I say they are protected by God's angelic host. I decree that all fear of death and tragedy is bound and destroyed in Jesus' name. And I bind the fear of sickness and disease. I say that every fear of failure, rejection, oppression, depression must leave now in Jesus' name. And I break off all fear of the future concerning the nations and world events. And I declare these things shall have no ability to torment your mind in Jesus' name. You are favored and blessed of God and all shall be well concerning you. And we agree on this together in faith in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.